Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective. It is a cloudy day. It's like we're outside, so it's fine. And Brandon, our producer, has bet us that we cannot match the 45-minute time limit that we hit on our last podcast. <laughs> and I am 100% sure we will not. Yeah, I'm taking the over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm taking, taking the over. The over. I'm, for those of you who don't know, we recorded the intro last. We're already like. Fifty-two. Yeah. So, but so we can pool our money three ways. So, so buckle, so buckle in. Cows always well, Hold on, yeah. before before you started, congratulations to Andrew Heron. Well, we're gonna get to this. Oh, we're gonna get well, to this. We'll get to it. Andrew Heron, our sports expert, had his first hole in one today. It was actually my second. Oh, first. your second oh. hole in one. The first. Oh. Stop that. No, it's the it's the it's the first real one because this yeah, one I actually saw. The other one was kind of a blind tee shot. This one was actually legit. This was like. This was cool. Mini golf Thank doesn't you. count. But anyway, um, well, so congratulations, brother. We've been celebrating pretty much since we started. So I don't even have to ask how your day's going because you managed to have not your first, I guess, but your second hole in one. Uh, and by the way, the second for the group. Um, <laughs> so I had to change the dinner alive. Oh, man. For you because one PGA player has 10 hole-in-ones on the tour. He's the leader. He also captained two Ryder Cup teams and won a PGA championship and a TPC championship in the same year. Who is it, and are they dead or alive? He's going to get this one immediately. Yeah, I, no, I, no, hold on. I tried to make it easy. Shut up. <laughs> that's, not, that's not an easy question. I got to think. Hang on. All right, he won a, a, a PGA and a Players same year, captain two Ryder Cup teams. Yes, I think you mentioned him last, like last week or I'm two sure weeks I ago. Sure, I did on a yeah. in a bonus episode. Stay tuned. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get this wrong. I think Tom Watson. He captained 2002 and 2004, and he won the two PGAs in. Oh, 90- Curtis Strange captain 02, and Hal Sutton captain 04. Okay, so it's Sutton. Hal Sutton, okay. So, so Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. To, to, no, I like you. Went, well, that's incorrect. To, to be to be fair to me, Wikipedia has it wrong. Curtis Strange was the captain of the O2 American team, and Hal Sutton was captain of the O4 American so, team. So, Wik- uh, Hal Sutton won the PGA in players, and I believe 1983. So, yes, it yeah. was 83. So, so no, no, Wikipedia had it wrong. No, no, no. No, I, no really. On the I'm best. Sorry, I can't. I can't the, go down like that. On the I best can't. day of your goddamn life. No. I managed to both. Well, re- I managed on the best no- day of his life, he I got a hole in one and corrected Wikipedia. Right, and I managed, but in the best day of his life, I managed to both give him misinformation on Dead or Alive and cut his total number of hole in ones by fifty percent. We're going to do the original question for the Patreon, though. All fair. So look forward to that on the Patreon. We're going to no, no. I'm going to just hold it for next week. Oh, okay. We don't All have right. a Patreon. We only have an OnlyFans. Only I'm f- fuck. We, we we're developing the Patreon, but Brandon's going to get off his asked to do it so um, <laughs> so what are you gonna be ranting about today so in light of some recent news regarding um one rachel nichols and maria taylor i'm gonna talk about and i'm gonna let kind of defer to the two of you on that topic but i'm gonna talk about the big kind of the the broader story of just toxicity espn and whether the entity is just it's um i think it's just too big for its own good it's it's yeah too big to fail yeah so i am going to be ranting about the handmaid's tale laws just passed uh, against women's reproductive rights in texas but i want to say that andrew while you're mourning because i knew you were up at 6 45 to play golf i was on the first tee at 6 45 oof yeah so at about (laughs) the same exact time you were hitting a hole in one i was waking up after a night of and this will tie into our main topic a night of some drinking and some imbibing in marijuana and discovered this mortifying fact that I figure I can get over if I just share it with our tens of thousands of listeners. My lovely girlfriend, Delicia, has a best friend who I will call Maria because that's her name. And I guess last night at some point I looked at Instagram and her story came up and I responded with the smiley face with the, the hearts and the eyes. Was it the boobs one? It was the braids and boobs one. <laughs> it said braids and boobs and then it was... And I responded with a smiley face with hearts. I thought it said braids and bread. I didn't really look for the bread. 
Oh, you're so fucked. Well, (laughs) Alicia thought it was hysterical. Maria said it's not at all creepy, and I think she's wrong. I think it's (laughs) desperately, desperately creepy. Well, I think that's the beauty of you, Ed, is that it's not creepy because they know who it's coming from. You're not just a rando. I was a rando to myself. I mean, I just, so I have spent the day. Hold on. First off, why are you responding to braids and bread with heart eyes yeah you answer the question again because i like bread and i'm trying to encourage her baking and i don't know i was 11 beers and four bowls in and the magnetic (laughs) fields were playing on youtube which is what happens to me at 1 30 in the morning sometimes and that's the fact that it was at 1 30 in the morning makes it so worse yeah that's the creepy part the only reason i knew about it was because i got a message on instagram which i never get and it was like and i'll call her maria maria likes your response but I do not believe Maria did like my response. I think Maria was confused and decided to punt and or kick um, the field goal. So now <laughs> I am going to I am now going to spend the next six years trying to avoid her. <laughs> Alicia's response was great. I'm not gonna get married till I'm nearly fifty. But like yeah, so that was my day. I did not have a hole in one. Nor did I. In uh, many nor, ways, you were trying to get a hole in one. <laughs> yeah, you took a shot. <laughs> no, no. In many, way, in many ways, you were trying. No, I was not. I well, was, on the a, surface, it definitely appears that you were trying to get <laughs> I am a monster of my own eyes. So, Zach, my son, what will you be ranting about today? I'll be ranting about ProPublica's recent report about the tax payments by NBA and NFL NHL and league owners alike, uh, and how their tax rates correspond to that. So, because this is a an Olympic based episode, three Simpson characters, four Simpson characters, have played on Olympic teams. Now, I have to say one of these is from 2010, so we may not. Know I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not going to that one. So that was that was Marge and um, Homer were the Olympic curlers. Uh, that sounds like a bad episode. And they beat uh, they beat Seymour uh, and Agnes. Bad episode. It's 2010. Who are the other Simpsons characters that played on an Olympic team? I'm so pissed I don't know this right off the bat. Lisa had a perfect head for her gymnast, but that she never played in the Olympics. Mo? No. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Bart got to play center. Because he almost made it in the basket. It's Bart. It's Bart and Milhouse played on the Canadian basketball team. <laughs> that is such a late season episode. <laughs> no, that's 1999. We were still watching it in 1999. At season 10. Yeah. We were out of it by season 10. No, we were still watching it. I remembered this. Like, I would have gotten that one right. Because, oh, that all. That was a That's good, right. Oh, that was a close one. That was a close one. You should play center. Yeah, that was a close one. That's right. Because Milhouse and Bart both broke up with the guy who's supposed to be uh, Raider Wolfcastle's daughter. She, they got dumped by her. Yes. So, with that bit of information, right after the break, we will see you on the Bill Bradley Collective. Passing through the intersection of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Andrew, Ed, and Zach. So I want to talk about the Handmaid's Tale dystopia that Texas has become. They have recently passed a new, and I believe Abbott signed it, a new abortion law. Abortion is, for all practical purposes, illegal. And if you report anyone who participated in an abortion, whether it's the woman, the doctor, the Uber driver who brought her there, they can be arrested for participation in in this illegal act, and they will give you $5,000 for reporting them. This is Gladys Kravitz. We, you know, on on steroids. Gladys Kravitz, by the way, was on Bewitched. So they're doing, like, abortion bounties? Yeah, there there are abortion bounties. Um, and 
this has become the what this is I guess been the goal of of the abortion anti-abortion movement since it started. Now, I know many women who have terminated pregnancies. And they have all done so for very personal, very important for them reasons. And they have all put great thought into it. And I have no right as a man to have any judgment on that whatsoever. And yet here in the state, which is saying it's a, you, don't, you can't tell us to get vaccinated because don't, you don't get to tell us what to do with our bodies. They have put bounties on anyone participating in abortion. Um, it, is, it is time for Texas to leave the union. Uh, take Cruz, take Louie, take the gang with you. And because this is so alien to what I think the sense of individual liberty should be. It's individual liberty for men, for white men, and no one else. The people who should be most outraged by this are part of the conservative coalition, which are libertarians, because there's no way that this is not like a just massive infringement on just civil civil liberties. But it's also, I think, an example of why like Roe v. Wade, in many ways, I think there there's a fear of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And and that fear is real. But in but in another sense, millions tens and hundreds of millions of women lack access or it's illegal to have access to abortions or choice or clinics or doctors or their rights explained to them across this country already like with Roe that happens it it just strikes me as one of those things that only the cruelest of individuals would choose to go down and would agree with. And I think you're right. I think, you know, what is it? The Treaty of 1869 is the one that brought Texas into the Union and that they always say to that they, that gives them a right to succeed. Okay, see ya. See ya later. Elizabeth Warren made has made the point multiple times that abortion never has been nor will ever be illegal for white women. I yeah. mean, for wealthy women. It's only illegal for the poor. I mean, this is an honest question. And perhaps you answered it. Um, and perhaps I just want to hear it again, but, and, you know, and, you know, I've heard far too much, far too many, uh, of those in like the kind of evangelical circle get caught up in scandal, um, that, that flies so far in opposition to what they espouse their religion. So some, I don't, I don't fucking buy religion as like an excuse. What is at the heart of the fervent opposition to abortion? Is it simply control? Is that what it is? Just just men it, wanting to dictate what women can and cannot do to control. their bodies? Is that yeah, it? It's 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 misogyny. I it, mean, it, I, it, I don't. It's, it, it's power dynamics control. It's misogyny. It is it is making America great again by going back to the fifties where women were beaten if they talked back to their husband and it, there was no it, legal repercussions. Except except not the fifties labor laws and tax and tax yeah, exactly, and, that, yeah. and and tax structure. Everything else, we're going to go back to the fifties. We want the racism. We want the misogyny. We don't want the ninety percent top uh, top income tax top rate. income tax rate. Yeah. And we're going to incentivize incentivize watchdogs to go after legal professionals and whomever is, well, is complicit. That, that, I mean, that, 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 I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Literally, live, literally, uh, the Uber driver could be arrested. No, that is this is that is that is the that is the part that like it's beyond. Dystopian. It is almost too horrifying for me to fully grasp my head around in a five minute rant. But, like, the paying money, the turning in of your neighbors, the turning in of your friends, your family for $5,000, that's not American, like, at all. Yeah, and if the Uber well, driver well, knows uh, the destination, like, the, one of them is just going to be an asshole and be like, yeah, I'll take it, and then go turn them in. Yeah, like... Well, except he's, he's committed a crime. He's committed a crime, too. But now, if he's turning them in... He's an accessory. I don't, I, I don't know. We have now put more thought into the implications of the law than, than anyone who supports the law <laughs> has put in. Uh, I'm not sure how to follow that up, but I'll do my best. <laughs> and I guess we're, well, we're on just toxicity. Um, something slightly less toxic, but still very uh, foul is the work is, is, and this has been a punching bag for us in the past, but ESPN, 
they got off to a rough start this week. It was last Sunday uh, with the news. There's a New York Times story that outlined a situation between a pair of female NBA anchors, Rachel Nichols and uh, Maria Taylor. I'm not going to get there, but I'm just going to throw it out there if anybody, because it, uh, it all sort of comes back to ESPN being this just horrific, toxic place that is also kind of essential if you're a sports fan. It's, it's just, it's the most necessary of evils. I was kind of inspired to go here. I, I had listened to a part of Bill Simmons' podcast Friday. I'm sorry. Where, uh, I know, I, it's McGregor's fighting tonight, and he had Ariel Hawani on, who is a, uh, one of the great MMA journalists in the country. Um, so I saw his name, and I'm like, all right, I've familiarized myself with this fight and see what's, see what's going on. And they, and they talk about the fight, but they also talk about kind of like Hawani's background. And Hawani is kind of public enemy number one to one Dana White. And this is, to me, like one of the most credible MMA journalists uh, in like, the history of like the, the medium. This is a guy who covered the sport at Fox when Fox had the rights to UFC. Um, Dana White had him fired from Fox because of objective reporting. He had him fucking banned for life because he broke a story about Brock Lesnar re-debuting uh, uh, at UFC 200. He literally, a reporter breaks a story and Dana White says, you are banned for life from coming back here. Ariel Hwani lands on his feet and he ends up at ESPN. And ESPN in the last uh, two years, year and a half, two years, they have become the, the home of UFC. Um, and Helwani just recently left ESPN because, and he says this on this podcast without saying it directly, that he can't perform as an MMA journalist the way he wants to perform, uh, working for an entity that is also uh, in, in bed, literally in bed with his, the, the employer and the sport he recovers are too, it's too close. It's too, it's like incestual in a way. We've, we obviously, we take our knocks at Bill Simmons. And ESPN made Bill Simmons what he is. He made him an absurdly rich man. and made him a maven. Um, the fucking guy is, is on NBA count. He's, he's covering NBA finals on ABC for years. He's on, the, he's on the NBA draft panel and this and that. But, I mean, Simmons essentially is removed from ESPN, leaves ESPN. In credit to him because he criticized, he was critical of Roger Goodell of whom the ESPN is also deeply tied to the NFL. We're big boxing guys here. This is a, an ESPN, and as a, as a fight fan, it's been great to have f- fights almost re- with great regularity on ESPN, on, 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 oh, base, yeah. on basic cable. It's been great. They are, in be- they are again, in bed with, with top-ranked promotions, one of the t- you know, top two promotional entities in the entire sport for years. Uh, Dan Rayfield was in their employ. To me, who I remember, he was at the USA Today. My formative years as a boxing fan, like his, like his, I'd read the USA Today in the library, in like middle school and high school. I sort of got, and I kind of like his Friday USA Today thing. I, I, I his pound for his rankings, schedule updates, news bits. It's I looked forward to it. Rayfield was great. He goes to ESPN, post USA Today, does great work forever and a day. Rayfield's a journalist. He covers the sport critically. He, he criticizes promoters and sanctioning bodies and fighters uh, alike. And at some point when, you know, top rank gets their claws into ESPN, well, ESPN no longer has room for Dan Rayfield on their payroll. And that's a huge blow to ESPN as, a, as an outlet for boxing news and for, for sports news in general. I guess what I'm trying to get to is that at some point, and we both love Zach Lowe, who covers the NBA there. I love Bill Bornwell, who covers the NFL. Jeff Passan covers baseball. All entities that are, that are in bed with ESPN has MLB rights, NFL rights, NBA rights. But these, like the three guys I just mentioned, like they kind of, they, they talk about the sport on, on, the, on the dot com in a purely sport basis. I think it's in the best interests of all of those guys to go somewhere else. And for ESPN to just kind of altogether just drop, I think drop journalism at a certain, at a level. And, and listen, they have outside the lines, they have E60, all of these things. But how is everything not compromised when they're tied so closely with every brand in sports? It's a relationship that is, I think, has just hit a, it's, it's, it's got to it's gotta end. You can't cover these sports when, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I mean, you look at the journalism part, you know, look at what Jamel Hill, they fired Jamel Hill. <laughs> Not for being a journalist. Another great example. 
for being for being a journalist. They fired her for being a journalist. Critical. And for being a black woman. And for being a black and, and, and you know, in the New York Times article on the Nichols Taylor thing is 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 phenomenal. I think that covers about as much as anything's gonna cover it. It's a very complicated issue in some sense because the things that were said were not overtly racist, but they were clearly inappropriate. And the things and the impact of those things were clearly inappropriate. And the impact was what ESPN did. You know, ESPN put it out there where Taylor said, basically, like, I don't want to interact with Nichols. After she heard the recording, she said, I just don't want to interact with her. I don't want to, I don't want her to be a part of this. I don't want to talk to her on air. So what they did was they made her co-anchors talk to Rachel Nichols on air. And I think it just speaks to, like, ESPN, ESPN is one of the things of, like, it is the problem with monopolies. Because it's easy to talk about boycotting the NFL, boycotting, you know, boycotting the NFL. You just don't watch CBS or Fox for eight hours on a Sunday. And you don't watch NBC or ESPN on a Monday night. Boycotting ESPN, you're giving up sports. You just no longer watch sports. Because it is the main repository for everything. You want to catch up on what happened the night before, you put on SportsCenter, ESPN. You want to hear the takes on what's going on in the fights, you put on ESPN. You watch the pre-go. You're like, have they gotten too big? Like, do you just think they've gotten too big? Well, I think the relationship with the, the leagues is so economically tied in that, especially now, because for a while, for a long time, the main carrier of their profits was SportsCenter. And that's not remotely true anymore. No one waits till 11 o'clock at night to see the highlights. You've already seen all the highlights. Like, dude, what do you, yeah. like you have a phone, you've seen the highlights. I read this. I was saddened by it. I've always liked Rachel Nichols. She talks very plainly about the sexism she dealt with. And it's disappointing to see that perhaps she hasn't moved that somewhere else. Zach Lowe and Bill Barnwell were brought in by Simmons. And Zach Lowe can be pretty political. I mean, he skirts around it as much as he can, as Barnwell does. Mina Kimes, if you follow her on Twitter, will sometimes just lean into things a little bit. But the one thing I will push back on you is the idea that Simmons got fired because he he criticized Goodell. He said, I dare you to suspend me uh, at the time. Then came back on and immediately did a very similar thing. To me, the difference between Bill Simmons doing that to get out of the contract and James Harden showing up fat is that um, Bill Simmons is white, a white professional, and James Harden's a black athlete, that he had a temper tantrum, forced his way out, and then within two weeks signed an even got an even bigger blank check from HBO. Where so he could put on a show, a TV show, that made us nostalgic for Joe Buck's TV show on I, HBO. It, <laughs> I just oh talk about God. like just just on the toxicity aspect of it is this is what corporations all corporations are mainly run by men and mainly run by white men. And this is what corporations do all the time that instead of actually addressing the diversity issues which are real in ESPN, which are real problems Instead of actually addressing that and making a decision about what they want to do with the NBA Finals, they instead pitted two women against each other. Exactly. They, there's a there's a and to, and to the I'm not trying to make Bill Simmons a martyr. I mean, please, I just, <laughs> please. Was, but um, you've had a good day. It was time to get it they, worse. Uh, there's a, there's a I don't know if you guys the I but James Andrew Miller I think wrote uh, put together an oral history of ESPN. It's like it's this, great. It's fantastic, and it came out like. 10, it's 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 aged. I mean, a lot's happened since then. Oh, it's like it's like fifteen years, 15 years old. old. Yeah. And it outlines it outlines basically the history of ESPN. What is ESPN? How is it portrayed in this book? Fucking toxic, yeah. toxic masculinity. I feel like ESPN is just a place that is uncomfortable for journalists, whether it be print or broadcast. And something has to something's got to give here. It's too. It's it. Zach, t- yes, too big, for sure. Too well, big to fail. We're going to change gears a little bit, I guess. We're going to keep on the uh, anti-rich white guy train, as, as we're prone to do here. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> and ProPublica just had an IRS tax document uh, leak that they basically reported that showed how M- how ba- largely NBA owners, but how league owners uh, in the NFL and NBA and NHL basically are allowed to completely write off 
the ownership of their team on their taxes to pay a lower personal income tax rate. Uh, they did this by basically showing a thing. There was uh, three names and three tax numbers. They said Steve Ballmer, who just became one of the only people that have ever hit $100 billion in net worth. Uh, I believe the woman's name was Adelaide Aviles, who works at a concession stand at the Staples Center, and LeBron James. And it was 35.9%, 14%, 12%. LeBron is paying 36%, as he should He's a millionaire. He should be paying 36%. Adelaide Aviles, 14%. Steve Ballmer, 12%. Now, the reason they were able to do this is because when they buy a team, they are able to use this process called amortization and write off, write off their purchase of, an, of a franchise on their taxes to carry it forward. And the only time they have to repay this is when they sell the team but we all know they never sell the team. They just die, and then their kids take it over, and their kids start the process all over again. Right. So they just keep going until they die. This, if you have ever needed it, a reason to look at our government and say, oh, yeah, it is rigged and ran by the wealthiest corporations and the wealthiest people in our country, this is, an, a, this is example fucking A. Because... Owners, are, when they buy a franchise, they're able to write off the building, which, by the way, is sponsored by somebody, so it's a money-making entity. They're able to write off the salaries of the team, which, by the way, improve the valuation of their team and make them money. They are able to write off everything. Sadiq Khan in Jacksonville took a $79 million, quote-unquote, loss on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars may have been 1-15 last year. They still made a bunch of fucking money. This is, I saw this, and my head nearly exploded because how are we allowing this to happen? These are the richest people in America getting tax write-offs for doing rich guy shit. They used to be able to depreciate players after their, first, after their third season because players supposedly lost their value. So the, the difference between the value and the salary was off. I don't know if they could still do that, but that, of course, is also ludicrous. Well, there, there's a quote by a Cleveland Indian owner. He said, we play the Star Stangles banner at the beginning of every game. You want us to pay taxes, too? <laughs> that was Bill Veck <laughs> in the 40s. <laughs> I went deep on this yeah. one. Yeah, Bill Veck's in the 40s. And you're right. It is horrifying that the government has decided that sports are an absolute necessity you know, they're a public good and therefore that they should get all these breaks like it's a state park or something. And that's because middle aged white guys are in Congress. I mean, that's why it that's why it exists. I mean, my guess would be that if everybody in Congress was Corey Bush, that these these tax write offs wouldn't exist. Well, I a question for you guys is because all of their quotes, all of their responses were the exact same. <clears throat> we pay, we fully comply with all tax laws and pay all the taxes we fully owe. That that. It was the Las Vegas Knights owner. It was the Shadi Khan's owner. It was Steve Ballmer's quote. It it was not Shadi Khan's owner. It was Shadi Khan's quote. Yeah. It was. <laughs> um, is this one of those things of like, no, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. It, it's no, you're 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 not incorrect. You're wrong. It, it was a Trump thing with Hillary. I don't pay a lot of taxes because I'm smart, which is not correct. Uh, I, I'm glad they used kind of Steve Ballmer in this in this story because he he overtook Mark Cuban in my kind of list of the most like insufferable owners to see like courtside at a game like his sweaty fucking bald head going crazy at these Clippers games looking like a thumb it's look, it, literally a, a human thumb it, rem it, it reminds oh, a human me big toe it's Nick, like Nicky he he reminds me of Nicky Glazer's comment about Jeff Ross your face has a dad bod. She's the best. And who, <laughs> I love Nicky Glazer. I, she's the best. And who was his predecessor as owner of the Clippers? Donald Sterling, who somehow Donald is worse. Sterling. Which, by the way, when, when the ownership changed to Balmer, the amortization process started again. There you go. And, <laughs> and with that, we will be coming back in our main topic, uh, talking about Shakari Richardson and her recent suspension, as well as the IOC's overall rules, on the Bill Bradley Collective. Do you enjoy Pokemon Go, but wish you could also keep up with the times? Try Politic Go, the game where you can find and catch rich people and evolve them into senators and congresspeople. Paul Ryan, I choose you. Use white privilege. 
It's super effective. You can even catch actually decent human beings and try to change the world. My Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is evolving into a Bernie Sanders. You can even battle against your friend's politicians. Einstein, use loaded question. <laughs> Betsy DeVos uses dumb. Vouchers? It's super effective. Jeff Sessions, use memory loss. I do not recall. Politic Go, because the world is a fucking joke. We're going to talk about Shakari Richardson's recent suspension from the Olympics by the U.S. Track Association and World Anti-Doping Agency. One of the nice things about doing this podcast, because we've done, what, 70 of them now? At least, yeah. Yeah. And you say sometimes we say, oh, God, what are we going to talk about next week? Because... Nothing horrible's happening, but something horrible happens all week. And so we're, all, we're always <laughs> reminded how bad the world yeah. is. Yeah. About every Wednesday when we're deciding <laughs> we're, on the topic. Yeah, horror so is evergreen. <laughs> right. The fact that we believe the, the glass is half empty for us makes it half full. So that's good. So, so she was suspended because she tested positive for marijuana after at her mother's funeral in Oregon, where marijuana is legal, she smoked pot and this somehow gets tied up in the same policy that has to do deal with steroids and human growth hormones. Although no one ever did anything faster when they were on marijuana than they do the fastest woman in the world. <laughs> yes, right. She would have been, she would have lost a hundred meter saunter at that moment. <laughs> but anyway, so she was disqualified from the hundred meter race which was unavoidable. That's the policy. The World Drug uh, Anti-Doping Agency has acknowledged that it's no longer a performance-enhancing drug. And the U.S. Track Association, United States of America, Track Track and Field Association, whatever the hell their name is, said that then also suspended her for the 4x100 relay, even though her 30-day suspension would have been over in time for that. So she could have run. And yet they then said that they fully agree, fully agrees that the merits of the water ruling related to THC should be reevaluated. So they managed to be offensive twice. That, Zach, you're, you're, you seem to be jumping out your, of your, your chair. Thoughts? Then, <laughs> then reevaluate them. <laughs> like you had a chance. Then reevaluate them. Isn't there a board for that? Yeah, like yeah. you. Oh, somebody should look into this. You, that's you. You should look into this. And the fact that they suspend, well, we have to look into the rules. By the way, we're going to suspend her for an event that she's not suspended for. Right. And (laughs) and there was a triathlete this year who the USTAF has has discretionary powers for two two of the four four hundred meter four by one hundred meter relay, but they also have discretionary rights in other agencies areas. There's a uh, triathlete whose mother died, performed poorly in a couple of events, but they then put her on the team because they said that that was not consistent with her ability as a as a uh, an athlete. And yet, Shanae Richardson, who did something completely illegal, is in Oregon, is gone. Yeah, and, and one of them is the fastest woman in the world, <laughs> and the other isn't. Yeah. Andrew, <clears throat> when we look at this, like, drug policy... What she did was legal. Everything she did was legal. She didn't break the rules. She didn't break the law. And I wanted to get your take on this because this is very reminiscent of another superstar athlete we've seen in America, uh, which was Michael Phelps, who is probably the greatest Olympian we've ever we've ever seen. He's probably the greatest Olympian of all time. The list is very short. Is that he gets caught smoking a bong on tape, Using a gas, like he, he, masks, he, right? he, he was getting he, stoned. He was, he was yeah. deep into getting stoned. Like that is not something a first timer does. Like, listen, I'm gonna pull back the curtain here. I smoke a lot of weed. I've never used a gas mask because even for me, that seems a bit much. He was tonsilling. Yeah, it seems a bit. Seemed a <laughs> Laramie bit, tonsil. It seemed exactly a bit yeah. much. But like Andrew, do you think? What are your views on how this relate? Like this suspension compared to Phelps, who got caught lost nothing, and then we all cheered when he won eight gold medals. So to answer that, Ed mentioned how uh, the track associations, like, you know, our, our marijuana policy needs to be reevaluated. 
And I'm in my head, I'm just like, well, okay, we're two weeks removed from this thing that happens every four years, this gargantuan event. I feel like that's a pretty convenient time for reconsideration. Uh, pretty timely that we're this, let's reconsider it now so we can get the preeminent, you know, track star in the, in, in the glamour track event, the 100-meter sprint. Let's, let's get her here because she should be here. Using that sort of logic where they're, they're not going to reconsider it. They clearly didn't, uh, but, you know, in time. You know, Michael Phelps, it, there's a difference where Phelps is photographed this and it's kind of like in an off Olympic year, whatever, whatever. But by kind of the same sort of logic of, you know, the IOC, the USOC, whatever, shouldn't have Phelps been suspended from the next Olympics? I don't think he missed a single miss race. A Maybe he lost a fucking... You know, so he has, you know, Weedy suspended his deal for three oh, months. Maybe he didn't. He didn't get suspended. So. He, didn't he get, never missed. I believe any. they endorsed it because he was eating them. But he never. <laughs> missed, but he never missed any. But, and I'm sorry. He did get the subway endorsement out of it too. Because there's <laughs> yeah. no other excuse for eating subway. <laughs> As a former employee, that is. I a former employee former myself. Former employee myself. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> Why you knew not to eat the subs? I knew not to eat the subs. <laughs> not to uh, why I knew I didn't eat the subs when I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> and it's full circle. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's Italian urban cheese. The fucks. Anyway, um, to, not to answer your question with a question, but no, like, why wouldn't Phelps be removed from consideration for future if he's doing this act? Using the logic that he that is keeping her out of these games, why why was he allowed to just carry on his Olympic career without any sort of break? Uh, I can tell you my thoughts. There, you know, there's a certain gender, race disparity between the two. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think it's also like this was so blatant, and I think this is so outrageous because when she became the fastest woman in the world, which, you know, I smoke weed. I'm not running a mile. I'm I'm, I'm mosey into the to the kitchen to get food. Like I'm not <laughs> running anywhere. And the fact that, like, she she sets the record and then all we saw on social media was, like, support the other black women in your life that have colorful hair or long nails that, can't, that aren't the fastest one in the world, which is a great message because it's, you know what, normalize this, that this is a great showing. There's a Jackie Joyner Kersey. Uh, Flojo. Flojo. Yeah. That, like, support these people they don't they shouldn't have to be the fastest woman in the world for you to support their choices and then that was like a week two weeks and then the next two weeks were well jesus she shouldn't have smoked a joint after her mom died and it, it just struck me as one of those things of like our it, it it showed the divide in our country because clearly half the country was like fuck yeah and the other half was looking for how can we take her down you and know, they, and they found a reason. You know, if she went to a bar and drank, and then got behind the wheel of the car and drove and got pulled over, she'd be running. She'd be running. You know oh, yeah. that, the, which is against the law, and she did not right. break World the law. Not, yeah, I, I, I think right. like that is the thing. Is like she did not break a single law. Phelps broke a law. The, 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 the World Anti-Doping Agency uh, has this. THC under uh, as being a cause for suspension as drugs that are socially harmful. Well, the most socially harmful drug in this country by far is alcohol. Like that uh -huh. creates way more problems. Than domestic everything. violence. It creates domestic violence problems. It creates like I've never gotten stoned and gotten into a stupid fight. I have gotten drunk and gotten into stupid arguments a couple hundred times. It's the basis and of this that's podcast. Just, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's, yeah. the, that, that's right. the origin story right, of the yeah, podcast. That's the origin story of the podcast, right. Yeah, we, couldn't, we couldn't come to an agreement about the top 10 NBA players of all time and where Kobe ranked. Um, but, um, <laughs> not in the top 10. <laughs> uh, not in the top five. But um, anyway, but uh, I mean, there's no good reason for this. Now, and this guy, I think, brings us to a larger issue, you know, I, rep I have done representational work for workers. You, Zach, you've done, you know, certainly are bar union. I lobby on their you behalf, know, yeah. You, you, Andrew, you have employees that we we deal with people who are dealing with drug issues. Now, I'm not saying smoking weed is a drug issue. Like, I'm not saying that. But one of the things that I had to deal with was our superintendent wanted to have all trade teachers have to get a CDL. Well, if you have to get a CDL, you can't smoke marijuana because of random drug testing. 
And a lot of our teachers lived in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, where at the time it was legal. And I said, well, you know, that's bullshit. You can't, you can't take away someone's employment for doing something that's not legally wrong or morally wrong. How does the USTA, I realize that they're not, they're not like, they're not an independent business. They don't get to do this. No, they're a, it's a government agency. It's a government agency. How do they get to change the law? Like, how do they get to take something that's legal and say, no, no, for us, it's illegal? I think a part of that is that we can see in the sense of the political response to this. Like, the agency can change its rules, but there has to be some sort of political pressure. And we saw this from a lot of our... the. Progressives that we support, things like AOC, let her run, let Shakara run. But then there was also the President of the United States who put out his statement, which was lackluster in his support for an athlete. Because he basically did the old, he, he's a what, 83-year-old white guy? He's 79. Seven, maybe not mentally. Um, he said he's, he's 79, and he goes... He, he could do camera... Man, woman, dog, camera. Yeah, television. he could do that. He could do that. But uh, but he goes, you know, basically rules are rules, but I'm proud of the way she responded, but everyone knows the rules. But everyone doesn't know the rules because she didn't break any rule. What she did was legal in her state. The fact that this government agency in the IOC has not caught up to the legality of the American legal system is a problem. And the fact that our president is seemingly okay with that is a problem. I think I might have misspoke before where I invoked the IOC. It's it's USA Track and Field that, USA impo- Dragon Field. that imposed this suspension. The, the IOC, no. The, or, I, or, 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 the sorry, IOC please. through the WADA, which is which is their organization. Right. The IOC may uh, impose the 30-day ban. So she cannot run the four the 400 the 100 meter. They did not impose the relay, that was US, USA TAF. That, that took her off their delegation. By the way, why, this or, is what threw me off. Yeah, the A stands for and. Yeah, that should never like happen. that. That's it my, should that's be my, like, I, like it should be USTF. I mean, much I, tidier that way. I apologize to my listeners, but again, you know that's that's because they're stupid in their acronyms. This is some peak twenty twenty one bullshit. I mean, race at the center. Marijuana in the in the in the quote unquote you know the legality it's and and bad policy by large corporate bureaucratic governmental you know, it's just it's like no it, can we just do the right thing and it's it, it's the problem it's every problem we have combined into one right and, and you know I think Biden has been far better than I would have guessed he would be like he was not my first seven choices. Uh, in the, when the Democratic primary starts, because he's just not liberal enough. But he's a 79-year-old guy, and he view, like he views marijuana the way 79-year-old men view marijuana as, you know, a gateway drug to heroin and, and murder. Um, and it reminded me of Barack Obama, who caught some shit when he was first running, because in his book, in 2008, because in his book he talked about smoking pot. And someone asked him, well, did you inhale? Because, of course, Bill Clinton famously said, I didn't inhale. And he, looked, and he looked at the guy and said, yeah, that's kind of the point. And it was like, <laughs> it's like, it would be nice. I mean, I think Biden's been a better president than Obama so far, but um, it would be nice to have a cool guy running it. And, yeah. and, and, and you know what? She has to do this phony contrition thing. Like, I'm sorry. If your mom died... And, and you are upset, and you smoke pot because it helps you sleep. Sister, I understand you. I get you. Like, I'm a white, old white guy, and you're a young black woman. But on this, we, we are simpatico. Like, sometimes you just need to smoke some pot to get to sleep. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to smoke. <laughs> and let's be honest. I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything that's – this is not a hot take. Um, we're less than a decade – away from i think sports therapy at even the professional level like marijuana is going to be like a big part of it i think um it, it's, so, it's 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 it's, it's a, i think it's, it's going to be a part of every therapy every therapy but, I, but in, in the context of this conversation like it's well for, that's why that's why it was originally a, a performance enhancing drug was that it allowed quick recovery during workouts well it's not only going to be a therapy we're already seeing 
a lot of sports kind of normalize it. So, so the NFL, through agreement with the National NFL Players Association, changed the limit from the amount of marijuana that had to be in your system uh, from 35 nanograms to 150. So you had to have smoked a decent amount of pop. I'm not passing it. But, oh, I'm yeah, I got no shot. <laughs> Zero. I'll cut my hair and I'll be done. Which is, of course, insane. Because what players do for pain instead is take Vicodin, which isn't tested for. So Brett Favre was taking 15 Vicodins at a time. Just He'd take 15 a day, which is, he would do a two-month supply of Vicodin every single day to get through the pain that he was feeling. Whereas marijuana may have helped him he had he ended up hitting so high in the vicodin scale that he he hit he hit the you know and ding 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 and he, he got positive and then he wasn't allowed to drink beer yeah you you achieved the high score right yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. He, he, right, he, he right he hit he rang the bell he maxed um, out on vicodin but i mean so there's an example of the nfl nfl saying i know we should be completely reasonable but we're gonna make the decision to be 60 percent reasonable and then we'll do a victory lap with you. And the NFL Players Association, as always, said, okay, thank you. You're the, you, you guys are the Jet fans. You you remember this? I that fucking season, 2008. Uh, it just Brett Favre. Well, you're talking us here. I mean, that's you know, it's Tack- yeah, Packers fan number one. He learned it in Green three Bay. MVPs, oh, a Super Bowl. I mean, he was banged up back then too. Yeah, Favre, that's Favre when he, three that's when he got the habit. Favre he got Favre? the habit in Green Bay. Do you, do you to, be, think, to be fair, if you're a Green Bay, when when we look at like the way, <laughs> when we look at the way that like the leagues and they're already starting to normalize it kind of among basketball athletes who, by the way, are going to be competing. In it's a pretty in the good Olympics, team they're sending to. It's a good team, you know that Shakiri Richardson, I think, is being held to a standard, or it seems to be, that no one else, in it, no one else is being held to. So the NBA. Uh, suspended marijuana testing both in the bubble and for the 2021 season due to the unusual testing in conjunction of a pandemic. Yeah, they did. They didn't want to ban half the league. Well, I mean, I mean, at this point, I th- I assume it's done. But like, let's take Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon mm-hmm. has never tested positive for any substance other than marijuana, ever. So you could you could be jacked up on steroids, you know, suddenly be 240 and running you know, as a safety and really doing damage to people. You miss four games. Josh Gordon, for pot, lost his career for pot. Ed, you're, this is usually kind of like my job. Before the NBA enacted that, like there were NBA players that had their careers derailed by a, a, a series of positive marijuana tests. And I'm and my I'm struggling to come up with some names. Do you? There definitely were like. Yeah, I mean, I'm all the famous ones I'm, were for cocaine in the eighties. Let me ask, but let me, but well, let me ask the twenty first century. I mean, there there are yeah. guys. If Kevin Durant tests positive for marijuana, is he suspended from the U.S.? No. Well, well, it's not. No fucking again. <laughs> I mean, some of this is the, the decision made by the U.S. Track Association, Track and Field Association, which, I mean, only. Only we can manage to figure out a way to take the bureaucratic mess that is the Olympics and say, oh, we could add bureaucracy yeah, to we, that. Yeah, it's the ultimate way. Yeah, hold, yeah. hold my joint. I have seven levels of middle management <laughs> yeah. I can create right now. USA Basketball wants nothing more than to placate the NBA Players Union. That is like to get right. the players to keep going to these these FIBA events, these sure. Olympic events. Yeah, they're going to do whatever. Because the NBA games the are the highest. The NBA player games are the high. I mean, the, the basketball games are the highest rated things they have. And there, there's one thing I want to touch on with the Shakari Richardson thing, which is also like kind of the the IOC is banning for swimming, uh, head coverings, that basically would be like to cover black hair, and they said that it doesn't fit the normal skull shape of a person. <laughs> Which I believe was their exact, which I believe was their actual quote. It doesn't fit the normal skull shape. It seems to me like the IOC and USA Olympics 
seems to have a rule for black athletes, and especially black athletes out of the norm. Because Shakira Richardson is out of the norm. She has colorful hair. She has long nails. She's the fastest woman on the fucking planet. Yet, for everyone else, they have their own set. There's a set. There's a separate set of rules. We're um, we're you know we're we're kind of at the end here, getting set to wrap up, and you know, I said it on the back deck of uh, the social live. Where I, I speculated that I I thought the the Olympic Games were in peril, they still are. Yeah, Tokyo, the emperor to, doesn't want they, them. They, nobody, nobody, no no Japanese dignitary wants anybody there for anything. Tokyo is in a literal state of emergency. These games have been dogged from the from the outset last year and this year. They shouldn't be happening. And this is almost it's almost like a perfect like this whole story. This whole situation should not be happening. It's like a microcosm for this entire Olympic Games that I think is going to be an abject. Just kind of a just kind of a dumpster fire. Honestly. And you know, I hope that Shakari Richardson continues to deal with the death of her mother in whatever way she needs to. And, and, I'll, and also let her run. And let her run. Keep doing And by the way, you know what? We talk about the NBA players as being a and the WNBA players as being a bastion of of, of social conscience. Refuse to play if she doesn't get to run. We're at, yeah. we're let at her the, run. But it, even if they it, don't put her on the podium, let her beat everybody. Well, we're, I mean, we're, at, <laughs> we're at the end, so let me just ask a quick question for you guys. How legitimate is the four by one? Is the one hundred meter run now in the Olympics? How the fastest woman in the planet is not a part we, of it. We, we have legitimate because pe- in twenty years nobody will remember this. Well, story. We we have people saying we're just still have the world record. We we have people saying that whoever wins the NBA title is not legitimate because Anthony Davis was injured. So, I mean, like, it's not remotely – when the best athlete doesn't get to be there, it ain't really a competition. In the context of, like, this year of this Olympic Games, like, it's, it's absolutely uh, – the result's compromised. No question. No question. So run should carry run. And uh, that'll, that'll do it for this week on the Bill Bradley Collective. We'll be back in your ears next week with another episode of the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you for joining us on the Bill Bradley Collective. If you enjoyed today's episode, please smash that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook at the Bill Bradley Collective. We'll see you all again next week.